I want to take just a moment uh, more, and I want to open the Word of God with you today. Would you turn in your Bibles to an Old Testament book of Ezra? Ezra chapter 3. We won't be long here in the Word today, but uh, I want to just let you know what you're turning to. As you get to the book of Ezra, what you find is this is the story of the house of God and the altar being built. In fact, it's the story of the house of God and the altar being rebuilt because there was a day and a time where King Solomon built this majestic temple to the Lord, this, this beautiful edifice that people would come to and worship and just be, just be amazed at, at all the regality of what they were seeing and, and what they were experiencing. And yet God's people angered him and he allowed them to go into a season of exile. He allowed them to, under King Nebuchadnezzar, they were taken off to Babylon, and the temple of God and the altar of God were completely destroyed. So when you get into Ezra, now they're under King Cyrus, and Cyrus said, you can go back, you're still under my rule, but you can live where you want to live, and you can worship who you want to worship. And so they said, you can go back to Jerusalem, and you can rebuild the temple of your God. And so they go back. Now, we, we understand, at least most of us understand, that as we go through this, that there's a metaphor, and I want to make sure you catch it. The house of God, uh, it represents the place where they would go to experience God. So we can make an easy jump to talk about the church, the church as the house of God. But you can also understand the Bible says in the New Testament that we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. And so you are the house of God. So this is the house of God, but... You are the house of God. Now, the altar, though we're not making sacrifices like they did in the old covenant, the Bible does say we still bring a sacrifice of praise, the fruit of our lips, to bless his name. And so the altar was the place where sacrifices were made. The altar was the place where you would come to meet God. Aren't you glad we still have an altar in the church? There's still a place where you can come to meet God, that's, that's why I had the new members come and stand up here, not just so they would be in front of you, but I wanted to come to the altar. It's a place where we meet with God. In fact, Romans chapter 12 and verse one says this. It says, therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, in other words, in view of what he did for you on the cross through Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection, in view of that, I urge you to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God, for this is your true and proper worship. So he doesn't ask us to bring a dying sacrifice, but we are called to be a living sacrifice, to come to the altar with our life. He said that's what real worship looks like. And so as we're looking at Ezra chapter three, what happens in chapter two, we won't take time to read it today, but you you can thank me that we're not reading it if you just look on the page at what we're skipping over. It's a long list of numbers and names of all the people that are coming back. And at the end of that long list of names of people that are coming back out of exile to Israel, the people bring an offering. They, they give a big offering for the temple, but then they all go to their towns. They all go to their own communities, and they start building their own homes. They want to resettle and reestablish there. 
In fact, the prophet Haggai uh, speaks as a contemporary to this time, and he rebuked the people because they were so focused on fixing up their house and getting their lives back in order, they were actually neglecting the work of God's temple. Now, we're going to read from Ezra 3, but let me just show you what Haggai, the prophet, said to the people in chapter 1 of his uh, book. He said, the word of the Lord came through the prophet Haggai, saying, is it a time for you yourselves to be living in your paneled houses while the, this house remains a ruin? So what, what Haggai was saying is, I mean, you came, you came back to Israel because you wanted to be in God's presence. That's the most important thing. So if you want God's presence, you have to prioritize God's presence. How many of you know, if you come to church and you're in God's house, but you don't experience God's presence, you wasted your time? Like you, you, you wasted your time. If we're going to be in God's presence, that's where change can happen. This is why we came back, he says. We need God's presence. So Ezra chapter 3 verse 1 says this. When the seventh month came. Now, now let me just say, this is interesting, the timing, because today's October 1st. And, and we don't live by a Jewish calendar, but if we did... That would be today. This seventh month of Tishri would be our October. It was an especially sacred time because several of their festivals happened this time. They had the Feast of Trumpets, the Day of Atonement, the, the, the Feast of Tabernacles. How many of you think October is still a good time to seek the Lord? So th this is where they're at. And it says, when the seventh month came... And the Israelites had settled in their towns. The people assembled together as one. Can you just say as one? We're talking about unity here. The people came together unified. And can I just say, when the church is unified around the purpose of God and the presence of God, it's a scary day for the devil. A unified church is an unstoppable force. In Philippians 1.27, Paul told the church, he said, stand firm in one spirit, contending as one man for the faith of the gospel. And so when the church comes together to contend as one for God's purpose, for God's presence, the potential is limitless. Look at verse two. We're just gonna look at a few verses here. Verse two says, then Joshua, the son of Josadak and his fellow priest and Zerubbabel, the son of Shealtiel, and his associates began to build the altar of God. They began to build the altar. This is the first priority of God when he calls his people back to his presence. Maybe you're here today and you say, man, I haven't served God. I've, I've been away from the Lord for a long time. The first priority of God is the building of the altar. Now, you don't have to build a literal altar, but what I'm talking about is that the altar was a place of sacrifice. The altar was a place of repentance to say, God, we, we need your forgiveness. We need your grace. That's the first stop for anyone that's coming to Christ is to confess your sin, to repent and turn from unrighteousness. The altar is a place of dedication. As you saw the Huber family dedicating their children to the Lord this morning at the altar. It's a place of acceptance by God. Many times people will, will move towards the altar to find acceptance, to begin a relationship with God. When Noah stepped off the ark, he's, he's 
tasked with the reconstruction of an entire civilization, the rebirth of humanity. But before he starts any of that, you know what he does first? He built an altar. First thing he did, when Abraham stepped into the promised land, God said, I'm giving this to you and to all of your descendants. The first thing he did, he built an altar. When the prophet Elijah faced all of the false prophets of Baal and, and, and went toe-to-toe with them on who would be the true God, first thing he did was rebuild the altar. Before he prayed his powerful prayer and God sent fire from heaven, he reconstructed the altar. So, so when Israel comes back to the house of God, the first priority is to build the altar. Verse one said they came together in unity. Verse two said the priority of their unity was God's presence. Look at verse three. It says, despite their fear. That's important. Despite their fear of the people around them, they built the altar. This is a people, and I hope we can be like this church. This is a people that were, they, they cared far more about their significance than their safety. They weren't making excuses. They weren't saying like, well, you know, just, I mean, putting God first and coming to the altar, honoring God's presence, that's, that's just not really conducive in this society. I mean, we, we gotta go put fences around our house first. We gotta, we gotta work on some other things. No, they, they didn't care about their safety as much as their own significance in the will of God. They needed God's presence. They cared more about the cause than their own comfort. As, as a people of God in the house of God, that ought to be our posture to say, I care more about the cause than my own comfort. I care more about our purpose than my preference. It changes the way we do church. It changes our outlook on what it means to be a participant, a member, a part of what God's doing. This was a people that said what matters most is the presence of God. What mattered most to them was the spirit of God being in their midst, and secondly, the word of God. And there's nothing more important in this church today than the spirit and the word. They talked about building the altar so that the spirit of God could be present, but look at verse four. It says, then in accordance with what is written... In other words, not only was having the spirit of the Lord important, but they realized as a people, we have to align our lives with what is written. We got got to follow the word of God. And so verse four and five communicate what they did, but I don't want you to admit, sometimes we focus on what they did and this is Old Testament, we don't really worship, this doesn't really make sense. No, 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 understand the heart, understand the why. They did it in accordance with what was written. That's why they celebrated the festival of tabernacles with the required number of burnt offerings prescribed each day. After that, verse five says, they presented the regular burnt offerings, the new moon sacrifices, and the sacrifices for all the appointed sacred festivals of the Lord, as well as those brought as free will offerings to the Lord. So they built an altar and they obeyed the word. They built an altar, they obeyed the word. Look at verse six. On the first day of the seventh month, now remember their seventh month is our 10th month, so what he's saying is on October 1st. 
On October 1st, they began to offer burnt offerings to the Lord. Though the foundation of the Lord's temple had not yet been laid. Two words that stand out to me is they began. Then the second part is though or even though. Like they began to do this even though the foundation of the Lord's temple had not yet been laid. And here's the thought with that. Every person here has an even though. Like I would go all in in my worship to God though I still have this thing to work out in my life. Like I would give God everything. I would make a sacrifice to the Lord though this area is still broken. This thing is still needing rehabilitated. This thing is still needing to be fixed. Or, but but they, didn't, they didn't put any of those excuses before honoring the presence, the spirit, and the word of God. Can I just encourage you today, friends? It is God's presence, not your perfection, that brings transformation of your heart. It's his presence, not your perfection, that brings transformation in your family or transformation in our community. It's God's presence. And so there was lots of things still broken, lots of things in disrepair, but they said, we're gonna honor the Lord. We're gonna begin on October 1st to bring a sacrifice to the Lord, even though these other things aren't in place yet. And as I read this, I just, wow, I thought, man, October 1st would still be a great day to begin to bring a sacrifice to the Lord. We'll say, well, what sacrifice? What do, you, what do you want? Well, it's what the Lord wants. He said, offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. I'm not talking about putting a tip in an offering plate. I'm talking about laying your life down to the Lord Jesus and saying, you are worthy of it all. And I think October 1st is still a great day for the people of God to put aside all the undone things and say, you know what? We need the spirit and the word more than anything else. And so we're just gonna begin today to give our whole selves to Jesus. In the, in the next several verses, they, they, they get started on the project. The altar is completed and then the people go to work on rebuilding the house of God. So now, now it's time to get that. I mean, they're, they're already worshiping, but now it's time to get the house of God built. And I, I just wanna show you one more paragraph here in the word. It says, as they're building the house of God, verse 10 says, when the builders laid the foundation of the temple of the Lord, the priests in their vestments and with trumpets and the Levites, the sons of Asaph with cymbals, they took their place to praise the Lord as prescribed by David, king of Israel. And with praises and thanksgiving, they said to the Lord. Could we all say it together? He is good. His love toward Israel endures forever. And all the people gave a great shout of praise to the Lord because the foundation of the house of the Lord was laid. Think about this. They didn't finish they weren't painting the walls. They weren't, they weren't 
moving furniture. It says, all the people gave a great shout because the foundation was laid. See, here's what we do. We wait till it's all said and done before we start celebrating. We want to see God, like God make it all make sense. Let's see the whole picture, and then we'll give a little patty cake praise. These people recognize something. God is, is just as concerned with the journey as he is with the destination. And the only breath you're guaranteed is the one you're about to breathe out. The Bible says no one is guaranteed tomorrow. And so they stopped and they just took, took a, an inventory of God's goodness and said, you know what, let's celebrate. We, got, we didn't, I mean, for all these years in exile, there was no altar, there was no temple, there was no foundation, but hey, we got a foundation now. I think somebody, you might only be one step in the journey, you might feel like you're still a million miles from where God wants you to be, but I just wanna tell you today, it's worth stopping right now and giving God some praise. You're this far. He's worthy of praise. And they give him the praise right there. Look at verse 12. But many of the older priests and the Levites and the family heads who had seen the former temple 50 years before, they wept aloud when they saw the foundation of this temple being laid. While many others shouted for joy. I mean, God, God was doing something. God was doing something. Some of these young people, for the first time in their life, they came to the altar. We didn't have an altar before, but now we build an altar. They came to the altar. They've never even had a house of worship. At least we got a foundation. I mean, we've got a, a spot. We've got a, a plot of square footage where we can say, this is the place where God meets with us. And where we meet with God. Some of the folks were so focused on the glory days of yesteryear. While, while the one generation was shouting and celebrating, the other generation was going, man, things aren't like they used to be. The good old days. Zechariah prophesied to those people. He said, don't despise the day of small beginnings. Come on, little is much when God's in it. Don't despise the day of small beginnings. Haggai said to those people, he said, it looks like nothing to you now, but be strong and work, for I'm with you, says the Lord. Like, it, it might not look like much now, but be strong and work. In Haggai chapter 2, he said, the glory of this present house will be greater than the glory of the former house. They were thinking about the square footage of Solomon's temple, how you know, incredible it was. He said, this temple's gonna be more glorious, says the Lord Almighty, and in this place, I will grant peace, declares the Lord. God wanted them to understand it's not about what the building looks like on the outside that matters most. It's what's happening inside. Amen? Some of you discovered that to be true here when you came navigating through a little neighborhood and you're like, I heard there was a church back here. I, could, I couldn't find it. And then you pulled up and you were like, oh, okay. I see. And then you came inside and you realized what happens inside is way more significant than what it looks like on the outside. Amen. 
And God is saying to his people, if you will prioritize my spirit and my word, don't make excuses about what's undone or not done or not fixed or not completed. Just prioritize my spirit and my word. My presence will come down and there will be peace in this house. And can I say to you, the temple of the Holy Spirit, if you prioritize his spirit and his word, there will be peace in this house. Would you stand to your feet today? God, I thank you for your presence this morning. Thank you for the word of God that you're speaking to us today. May we grab a hold of it by faith. May we not make any more excuses on October 1st about what is not done. But may we be like the Israelites who said, despite their fear, they built the altar. Despite our uncertainty, despite our frustrations about what was or what isn't, God, today, we begin to build the altar. Lord, we want to be a people that make your presence our priority. We need you in our lives. We need you in our homes. We need you in our workplace. Lord, it's not, we're not satisfied to just come and visit you on the weekend, Lord. You didn't send your son Jesus to die on the cross so that you could have custody rights on the weekend. You came to abide in the temple that is your people. So we open our lives before you as living sacrifices. We want to be holy, pleasing, and acceptable in your sight. For this is our reasonable and true act of worship. Jesus, would you let your spirit just settle on us even now as we commit to follow your word, as we commit to, to let your word be our guide. Lord, let your spirit, let your Holy Spirit settle in on your church. In the name of Jesus, we pray. With, with every head.